Welcome to the Pastor on the Beach podcast. I'm Pastor Paul Amlin, pastor at Lutheran Church of the Resurrection in Cocoa Beach, Florida. And each week I will be sharing a message from our worship services right here via this podcast. I hope you'll consider subscribing and share the podcast with your friends. We all need to hear words of hope once in a while. Well, thanks for listening. Here's this week's message. To St. Matthew, the 25th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said to the disciples, For it is as if a man going on a journey summoned his slaves and entrusted his property to them. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to each according to his ability. Then he went away. The one who had received the five talents went off at once and traded with them and made five more talents. In the same way, the one who had the two talents made two more talents. But the one who had received the one talent went off and dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of, the master of those slaves came and settled accounts with them. Then the one who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five more talents, saying, Master, you handed over to me five talents. See, I have made five more talents. His master said to him, Well done, good and trustworthy slave. You have been trustworthy in a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. And the one with the two talents also came forward saying, Master, you handed over to me two talents. See, I have made two more talents. His master said to him, Well done, good and trustworthy slave. You have been trustworthy in a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. Then the one who had received the one talent also came forward saying, Master, I knew that you were a harsh man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you did not scatter seed. So I was afraid, and I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here you have what is yours. But his master replied, you wicked and lazy slave, you knew, did you, that I reap where I did not sow and gathered where I did not scatter? Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers, and on my return I would have received what was my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to the one with the ten talents. For to all those who have more will be given, and they have, will have an abundance." But from those who have nothing, even what they have will be taken away. As for this worthless slave, throw him into the outer darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Watching my microphone slowly go down. Okay, good times. Well, we had some really happy meeting, uh, happy readings this morning, right? <laughs> Whoosh. Thank you for that, God. Um, grace and peace to you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Have you stopped to think lately about what a gift it is to be gathered together for worship? 
to be with us online, to be with us here in this space? Have you stopped to think what a gift it is to be together? We should be grateful. We should be grateful, especially in this, what we are calling our month of gratitude. We should be grateful that God calls us together through the Holy Spirit to worship, to offer our praise, to sing our songs, to be together. This time is precious. Time is a part of what our lessons are talking about today. Zephaniah, that was a rousing reading, wasn't it? About time. Paul's words to the church at Thessalonica, more about time. Matthew's gospel, about time. In fact, if we look at the context, the time, the place, and the events surrounding the reading from the gospel, we find that this parable is a part of an ongoing answer. It's taking Jesus a long time to provide this answer. It is about when the Son of Man will return. About when, if you want to be theological about it, the people will experience the parousia the coming again of Jesus. So let's put ourselves into the story for a moment and remember that Matthew's gospel is written, as I said last week, about 50 years after the death, uh, resurrection, and ascension of Jesus. Matthew's community is living in what I refer to as the in-between time, the time from when Jesus ascended to the time when Jesus will come again. And now the people are wondering what happens next. It's been a while. Some time has passed. How does it feel to you to be a Christ follower living in a world still oppressed by Roman rule, still afflicted with evil, still in conflict with other Jewish brothers and sisters about whether this Jesus is in fact the Messiah? This is what the people are facing. For most of these people, for Paul's audience in Thessalonica, the return of the Son of Man was thought to be imminent, something that would happen in their lifetime. Remember last week, the reading was Paul talking to them about what happens if someone dies before Jesus comes back. And Paul reassuring them, it's okay. It's still, they wait. This entire section of Matthew's gospel, it starts at the beginning of chapter 21, goes all the way through the end of chapter 25, is called an eschatological discourse. You're going to need that one for seminary. Eschatological discourse. discourse. Right, put that in a paper when you apply for seminary. They're going to be like, oh my. All right. What does that mean? Well, it is that it's all about the end times. What's it going to look like when Jesus returns? How will you know when Jesus has returned? What will the kingdom of God be like in, with, and around us when Jesus returns? And so this parable then addresses a problem. 
And the problem is that some believers have become lax in their living out of gospel things. There are those who are living as if it doesn't matter whether Jesus comes back or not. They've lost hope. They've lost a sense of urgency that they once had about the Messiah. The buildup was tremendous. Even as Christ was crucified, he still then was raised. He still ascended into heaven. He is seated at God's right hand. We, we confess that in our profession of faith. And yet for these people, nothing has changed. Rome is still in charge. They were hoping the Messiah was going to push Rome out of the picture. Poor people are still poor. What's going on? They haven't seen God's kingdom enacted in their world the way they thought it should be. In a world living like that, you can understand how believers might become complacent. So Jesus' message warns his followers against becoming complacent, even as it warns them of the struggles that they will face and the sacrifices they will have to make as a follower of Jesus. What will it look like to live with faithful endurance and attention to mission? In today's parable, Jesus uses allegory. Do you know what allegory is? I like how you use the word like and said metaphor. Indeed, you're on the right track. So allegory, is a, it's a parable in this case that actually delivers a different message than what it looks like on the surface. Fair? English teachers don't get mad at me. So... Jesus is represented by the man in the story, the master. And the disciples are the slaves or the servants in the story. The man's property is the mission of God and God's kingdom. The slaves carry out their tasks and the long time in between is the present for the people hearing Matthew's gospel who are waiting for the return of the master. The rewards, are, the rewards that are given to the first two slaves are an affirmation of their understanding of what it is to do God's mission in the world. That is, to increase the kingdom in their here and now. The third slave, however, is made an example of what it means to sit on God's mission and not live it out. So we have to ask ourselves, when are we like those in Matthew's audience who are warned against complacency? Where are the places in our lives where we know we could be doing something, we could be more active, but we aren't? God calls us to do and to be his kingdom here on earth. To be the ones who are enacting that kingdom life. How have we been intentional about living out the gifts of God 
in this place and in our personal lives. As a congregation, you all can be very proud in a humble Lutheran kind of way. You can be very proud of the way you have leaned into God's mission. Feeding hungry people, super important. But it goes beyond the, that part of it. Yesterday, I hung out, out here and I talked with people as they came to receive groceries and I talked with the volunteers, but mostly I sat and I watched and I listened. And what I saw was people who genuinely cared about others, who could call people by name. Oh, it's so good to see you. What do you want for groceries this week? How can we help? And then I came over to this side of the building where the burger bash was going on. And I had a great conversation and I watched as hungry people got fed. Not with judgment, right? But with love. And there was a crowd outside of the bike ministry. I'm telling you, if you haven't come by and just hung out on a Saturday morning, do it. Sit in your car if you want, but come and see what goes on here. It's incredible. So we can be very proud of the way that we've lived into God's call to be the kingdom here and now as a congregation. God has entrusted you and me with the mission of God's kingdom for our world, and God has not entrusted us to play it safe. Instead, we're asked to live lives of passionate response to what God has first given to us. Each of you in this congregation are stewards of those gifts of God for you. And in response to the gift of God in Christ Jesus for you. This giftedness is what empowers us to go out and to love others, to care for others. We just need to look for ways to do it. How do you live into your giftedness in response to what God has done for you? Has anybody ever said to you, you know, you're really good at this thing. Or you're really good at that thing. Or, wow, I just feel better when I'm around you. Or I really appreciate the way you... Those are gifts to pay attention to. Those are ways that God is calling you, inviting you into living out God's kingdom here and now. Listen for them. People will say them to you. If you want, you can also get a spiritual gifts inventory. I can put you in the right direction for that. You answer about a million questions and it comes back and it says, wow, you're amazing, you can do these things. And then you go, oh, I never knew that about myself. Or you have something confirmed in yourself. And then you know how God is calling you into mission in the world. For Martin Luther, the work that we do outside of church is equally as important as the work we do inside the church. He talked about our jobs, the things we do, whether you're a student or you are retired or you're in the middle of it all. He talked about that as being your Christian vocation. Your job as a Christian. How you, in your daily life, go out and model for the world what the love of Jesus looks like by how you act, 
by how you greet others, by how you care for others. It becomes an expression of your faith and a witness to God's love. The good news is we're all blessed with these gifts. Many of you have used these gifts across an entire lifetime, but you don't have to be done yet. You can still make a phone call, you can still write a card, you can still make a difference, right? We've come this far by faith and we've been blessed to be a blessing for others. So what do we do with our time? The time while we wait, the in-between time, because we're like those listeners in Matthew's gospel. We're the ones now that are kind of going, Jesus? I mean, we have the experience of a couple thousand years of knowing that what waiting is looking like. But we also know that we don't wait without paying attention to what God's up to in our world. So that's my invitation for you this week. Look around you, here at church, look around you in your daily life. What's God up to around you? And how has God blessed you to be a part of bringing God's kingdom and God's love into this world? Because you surely have been blessed. And I pray that God will give you what you need that affirmation from somebody else or the word that you need to understand what your giftedness is. So you can be an active part of God's kingdom right here and right now while we wait. Amen. Thanks for listening. I hope that this week's message has given you something to think about and given you hope that you are loved by God. To learn more about Lutheran Church of the Resurrection, please visit GoResurrection.com. If you'd like to support this podcast or any of the amazing ministries at Resurrection, please visit our website giving page. Thanks again for tuning in to this week's Pastor on the Beach podcast.